When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. And now you've got Kajula looking for the activating nurse. He's got him to win it. Nurse shoots and scores! Riley takes the step, settles into the pocket. He's got some time. Now he's going deep, looking down the sidelines. Oh, what a catch! And that's going to be a touchdown all the way to the end zone for Darrell Walker. An absolute bomb. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Well, the Eskimos back on the field after a bit of a break. Yes, it's a long week since their last game, a disappointing 31-23 loss to the Montreal Alouettes. Jason Moss last night on this radio station on the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss with uh, Morley Scott talked about how he needs to turn over a new leaf somewhat and change how he acts on the sidelines at times. So uh, he re- he re- uh, he revisited that a little bit today. There were some uh, roster additions today, some returning injured players and some releases today as well. It was a busy way uh, busy day roster-wise. Uh, Mark Latestu, former Edmonton Oiler, spent uh, last season uh, late in the last late late last season with the Columbus Blue Jackets. He signed a PTO with the Florida Panthers. The uh, Edmonton Prospect season ended on Friday. That and much more coming up here on 6:30 Chad Inside Sports with your guest host yours truly Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins who will be back on this very uh, time slot on Thursday. So you heard from Morley Scott last night. I'm in here tonight and tomorrow. Lots to talk about. First, uh, we will talk some football. Uh, a lot of football this hour. In the next half hour, we'll be joined by David Sanchez of uh, CFL.ca. Uh, major contributor for them. Also uh, does some work for TSN as well on their uh, football broadcast. And uh, talk about you know, a guy that knows Jason Moss very well, knows what makes him tick, and get his reaction to what uh, Jason Moss said last night about he needs to tone himself down. He's got to take some responsibility, or does take responsibility for the penalty trouble, with the Eskimos being number one in the league in number of penalties taken and yards. So... Says it's got to change, and it starts with me. So we'll talk with Davis about that, um, his reaction to that, um, and what that can do for the rest of the team. Well, what does that mean when a head coach just stands up and says, "Look, it's it's on me, it's on me." Not a lot of head coaches will say that publicly. Um, some will. Jason Moss hasn't gone to that well before, and I don't think it's something that he's doing um, in a non-genuine fashion. He's genuine about it, but proof is in the pudding. And I know a lot of you don't like the sideline demeanor at times, especially, you know, throwing a headset and throwing a throwing a Gatorade jug, um, you know, reaming out an, uh, an assistant coach of the sidelines or through his headset. But uh, it sounds like that stuff may not go away. 
but the throwing of uh, objects will go will go away. So anyway, we'll touch on that a little bit later on in this half hour, and especially with David Sanchez from CFL.ca. But first, we talk about this story that just dropped out of the sky at around, oh, I don't know, 3.30, 4 o'clock this afternoon. The Oilers tweeting that defenseman Andre Sekera out indefinitely. The 32-year-old tore his Achilles tendon during an off-season training session. Team said he underwent successful surgery to repair the tear, but now there's no timeline for his return. If you look at torn Achilles or ruptured Achilles, the usual timeline is around six months. That's give or take. I mean, J.C. Sherritt last season came back and was deemed healthy before the Grey Cup game, so that's less than less than six months. In fact, if the Eskimos made the Grey Cup, he probably would have played in the game. But uh, for Andre Sekera, I mean, you're looking at, oh boy, I mean, late in the season, like maybe February, March, maybe April, if this team does make the playoffs, maybe he's available then. But uh, he only played um, a certain number of games last year. He tore his ACL during a playoff game, game five against the Anaheim Ducks back on May 5th, 2017, where he was back on the ice on December the 21st, struggled. He posted eight points in 32 games for the Oilers through the 2017-18 season. So now the Oilers are in a bind here. They haven't signed Darnell Nurse, but it looks like they will at some point. Now what do they do? Reed Wilkins today had a very entertaining tweet. In alphabetical order, the top UFA defensemen that are available. Basically, there are none. (laughs) So there you go. So does this kick the door open for another return for a Brandon Davidson, for example? I don't know. There are some free agent defensemen out there. You could say, okay, Ethan Bear had a good end of the season, but do you trust that he's going to have a good enough training camp to show you enough defensively that he is capable of taking a spot. Evan Bouchard, is it is it too early for him, even though there's a the sky, the limit kind of, you know, potential for him as an offensive defenseman? Is it too soon? Or do they try to go through the UFA route? There are available defensemen. Not much, but they're there. But this is uh, definitely a curveball. This is not a curveball. This is a blindside hit that this organization has taken with Andre Sekera. So out indefinitely with a torn Achilles, which uh, occurred during off-season training. So that's not good. Not good, Kellen Kennedy, as we uh, welcome him to the show as well. Hey, Dave, yeah, it's uh, really bad news. And, yeah, man, that's very lean out there on the vine for you know people that you could sign tomorrow yeah. and bring in. I'll have to pull up the list. But the names are not flashy, Dave. No, they're not. They're not at all. But at this point, if you're the Oilers, you, you have a dilemma. Do you go young? Or do you just go and find a UFA defenseman and even though they're not great, you got to do something, right? So, Well, just sheer numbers. Yeah, you have to have, you know, for opening day, at least six qualified defensemen that, you know, you can survive 60 minutes of NHL action with, let alone try to win a game with. Yeah. So it's uh, it's not, it's a terrible thing right now that, uh, that has taken place today for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Not good at all. So, anyway, um, yeah, I'm not sure who's available. I'll try and pick that up for you at some point uh, throughout the show. But uh, the list is small. I mean, trust me on that. The list is very small. Well, last night on the... Uh Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Eskimos Coach Show with Jason Moss. Morley Scott asked him, the head coach, about this issue. Penalties. Um, I, I, you're probably tired of talking about it. Uh, I'll say this what? about penalties, and I'll say this about discipline. I haven't done a good enough job since I've been here, and that's very evident because we have been one of the worst teams in the league at penalties since I've been here. We've gotten better in stretches of the season, but not quite good enough. So it's my fault, and I'm going to take the blame. And I can tell you from this day forward, things are changing in our, in our, in our organization. So, you know, it starts with me. The way I approach the game, the way I am, is going to change. And I'm going to make sure that I change so that when I look at players and I talk about discipline, they understand that's everybody. And it starts with me as the head coach. So it's not on my players. It's on me. I need to be better, and I will. I have belief that we will get better because of the changes we're going to implement. So we're going to start practicing a little bit more. We're going to uh, start kicking guys out of practice for messing up. We're going to start taking game time away from guys that continue to make penalties. And they understand it. They know it. Um, It's about holding ourselves accountable, and it's gotten to the point where we can't tolerate it anymore. So it will stop. And uh, and if not, we'll find other people that can do it. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, that may sound harsh, but when you look at football and you look at discipline, you look at different things, we're a good football team. We can overcome a lot of things. We've overcome a turnover deficiency in a game and won a game. We've overcome deficits in games and won. We've overcome having 17 penalties when the other team had eight and won a game. But when you play football, you just make it a whole lot harder to win when you continue to be undisciplined. So there you go. That's what Jason Moss said last night. Uh, if you want to hear the full audio, you can head to the uh, – the uh, Eskimos page at 630Ched.com. The full show is there. Uh, Morley Scott wrote an excellent piece today on uh, 630Ched.com on the Eskimos page. You can find that as well at practice today. Um, Jason Moss, a little fired up. A little fired up. He had a very passionate message to send to his team at the end of practice. And he came off and he was pretty fired up. And um, he basically reinforced what he was talking about or clarified what he was talking about last night on the show about controlling his emotions and changing the way he does things on the sidelines. And he made one point very clear. That's part of my life. It's a part of me, who I am, is being being emotional, being all those things, but I can control a lot of the things I do. And at the end of the day, I'm going to control it. Um, are you going to see me get animated? I'm not talking about being animated. I'm talking about I will. I don't want to be taking 15-yard penalties. I don't want to be throwing things on the sidelines. You're not going to see me do that. And if I do, I'm going to pay the price with it. Um, but at the end of the day, how do you stop it? You concern yourself with it first, and you challenge yourself. I've challenged my team. I've challenged myself to say, I need to be better. We need to be better. I think when you look at athletes, athletes are competitive. When you challenge them with something, not threaten them, because no one's threatening me. I'm not threatening anybody. I'm saying this is a disciplined challenge for our football team. Can we do this? So if it's a challenge, that means you're competitive. That means can we do it or can we not? If you challenge me to say, can I do this? I'm going to say, absolutely, I can. And this is how I'm going to do it. And our team is going to get better because I'm challenging them to do it. So when we're competitive people, competitive people fix things that they need to fix in order to win championships. And that's what we need to do. 
Oh, Dave, he's absolutely right uh, in his comments and that stuff. And this is the time of year where if you have a problem like this, it's never the best time to have a problem like this. But if you have a problem like this, this is the time of year to have it. Yeah. Because you don't want this rolling into Labor Day. And no. you don't want this rolling into uh, the final game of the regular season. And you definitely don't want this in the uh, West Semi or the West Final. In you, can hear, you can hear the urgency in his voice. Absolutely. And it, it was there last night. It was there today. Now, when you get on the field, I mean, the intensity ramps up, right? So he's a little more obviously going to be calmer in a setting like in a studio across from Morley Scott doing his show. And he was very passionate last oh, night. Oh, it was still tense. It's still, yeah. I, I could feel the heat radiating from the wall there. Yeah, but. well, for sure. Uh, but he gets on the field today and he sees, you know, he mentioned that there's a couple guys that want to fight. Um, that wanted to fight today, didn't mention who they are, obviously. Um, I kind of missed it because, well, nothing really broke out. But he said, look, if you want to fight, okay, fine. But understand, that's undisciplined. That's undisciplined action. So, and he's yep. saying, again, you know, I'm not going to throw headsets and I'm not going to throw Gatorade jugs and I'm going to be animated. I'm going to be passionate. I'm going to be emotional. Right. But I, there are certain things. I can't look a player in the face and say, don't do that. If I'm on the sidelines doing something that I shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. So there are passionate coaches and emotional coaches out there. Mm-hmm. And I think in some respects, the outbursts were a bit overblown because there hasn't been many of them. But mm-hmm. when they've happened, they've been ugly. Right? Personally speaking, I'd rather have a passionate coach than, uh, say, someone that's got a, a cold demeanor to them. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, you look back on the eons of history of the uh, CFL and that stuff, the Don Matthews, the uh, Ron Lancasters, the guys that had a little bit of a, a punch to them and that yeah. stuff, they were at times, in fact, proven more successful than, say, man, I don't know, who was the guy that Montreal brought in a few years ago that was from the States? That, oh, Dan Hawkins. That was kind of happy go lucky, yeah. you know? Oh, shucks, and just, hey, we're just playing football. Hey, exactly. It's so much fun. Woo-hoo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. That's not. That's not what you need because mm-hmm. that cannot seem genuine. But when people look at Jason Moss, and you can, if you agree or disagree, you can text in at six thirty, six thirty, all you want. You can tweet me at Dave underscore Ched. I mean, Jason Moss is the most filmed coach on the sidelines when there are games on TSN. Um, they are watching to see what his reaction will be all the time after a penalty is called, after a controversial call, and he's looked bad in a couple of occasions. Yeah, right? But there's also a reason, too, just talking about it, that his games this year, all the Eskimo games this year, have been amongst the highest rated and the highest viewed games on yeah. you know, TSN and that stuff. So. so the point is Jason Moss does care about winning. Does he go about it in ways that are over the line at times, I think I think so. Um, but don't think it's because he is a selfish person like Deron Carter. I don't think Deron Carter is necessarily selfish, but the actions and demeanor sometimes can look selfish, and that's what Deron gets in trouble with. Where if you look at Jason Moss, he gets in trouble, and he shouldn't do the things that he does, especially the throwing. I don't. I mean, if he's berating a coach in the sidelines, it happens. I mean, it happens all the time. Okay, but when you're Throwing a headset and throwing Gatorade jugs, probably not the right thing to do uh, at the time. And he's not the first coach to do things. I mean, we've seen hockey coaches throwing sticks on the ice and everything that they can. We've had Craig McTavish rip the tongue out of a mascot's mouth. We've had, you know, Don Cherry do his whole little flapping arms gimmick that got him a job on, you know, a network for many years, right? But when you drop the game... 
that penalties were a big issue again. 14 penalties for 132 yards against the BC Lions. You're up by 10 at the half. You lose by 8. And you basically have about the worst third quarter that a team could have. Uh, And that's basically it. They had a terrible third quarter. Their fourth quarter offensively, they did some good things, but they did bad things too because they turned the ball over. Defense did almost everything right, holding an offense to 13 yards. But when the discipline is bad again, and they had a good game before against the Riders, but then they go back and have a bad, you know, have a bad game discipline-wise. That's not good. I also think special teams too needs to be looked at a little bit as well because yeah. they seem to have swelled with pride after the fake, uh, what was the fake field goal attempt, right? Mm-hmm. And then immediately they get burned for that 87-yard uh, touchdown off the kickoff, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I mean, you, you look at the season right now. You know, and you're right. I mean, the, the the special teams have been a little difficult, and a lot of that has to do with in some respects injuries. Some of that has to respect maybe with scheme, but a lot of it has to do. Chris Rainey's probably the best returner in the league, but still, you, your job is to stop them. They didn't do that very well. But you look what's coming up. You got the Montreal Alouettes. The Eskimos should win that game, so they'd be six and three. Then they go to Hamilton next Thursday. That's a toss up. That's always been a tough out for the Eskimos. And then Labor Day. I don't need to tell you how tough Labor Day has been in the rematch game. That's when the real season begins. That's right. So, and by that point, the Eskimos would have played 12 games. 12 games, right? They're 5-3 and three now. And they're at a point where they could lose the, you know, lose any sort of hope of catching Calgary for first and second. They're in the mix. But it shows me it's a head coach that wants to fix things now and not wait and not hope things get better because he has seen this being a problem in year one in 2016 under his tenure year two last season and it hasn't changed all that much they've gotten better in each of those two previous seasons later in the year but it's usually after the head coach has to stand up and challenge his group even more well now he's doing it by way of challenging himself and that's a different tone that we have heard from Jason Moss. So what do you think? 630, 630 can text in. can tweet me at Dave underscore Chad. Uh, we'll hear from Davis Sanchez uh, in the next half hour. Also, J.C. Sherrod as well. I mean, the players, I want I want to find out from the from a veteran. And J.C. Sherrod was the guy that came up to, you know, came in my head right away. You know, the longest serving Eskimo next to Calvin McCarty. What did he think about this? So we'll hear from him in the next half hour as well. Oh, we are getting lots of text here. We are, and we'll get to them after the news update. At uh, 6.30 here from the 6.30 Chit 24-Hour News Center with Cassandra Jodouin. And uh, we'll be joined by CFL.ca's Davis Sanchez to discuss this further about uh, Jason Moss taking ownership and personal responsibility for his demeanor and his actions in an effort to try and show his players that, look, I'm going to make a change, so you make a change. There you go. We'll just get his thoughts on the Eskimos at five and three, and kind of to me, they're at a bit of a crossroads in their season if they really don't start picking things up with their game. Good football team, but boy, we haven't seen the best out of this team, and you're not gonna, you don't want to see that till probably October, November, but you want to see them trending in the right way. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. 
It is uh, Dave Campbell and Sir Reed Wilkins tonight. Reed will be back on Thursday. It's smoky out there again. <laughs> I'm noticing my voice is crackling a little bit. So, uh, hey, we'll get through it. A lot of text here on at uh, 6.30, 6.30. You can, uh, by all means, text me on Jason Moss. Uh, I'll read, uh, got a couple not in the uh, favorable category and one in the favorable category uh, just on what Jason Moss uh, proclaimed last night and is trying to do. Uh, Oil 10 says, Jason Moss being so fired up at practice shows he can't even control his temper. This is coaching through intimidation. I don't see improvement with this type of approach. Uh, I'm tired of listening to Jason Moss. I wonder if his players are too. Love the guy. He bleeds green and gold, but I can't stand listening to him. Okay. Uh, James says, good for Moss. First challenging himself, then his players. It'll only make the whole team better. Well, let's talk to someone who uh, is uh, way smarter than me on this subject. That's uh, former Edmonton Eskimo, what, uh, three-time Grey Cup champion, Davis Sanchez uh, from uh, CFL.ca, also from uh, TSN. Buddy, how you doing? Dave, I'm excellent. Also, you can, you can add in there two-time teammate of Jason Moss. Once at University of Oregon, where we were college teammates, and then with the S. We go way, way. I know I look a lot younger than Jay, but uh, we were college teammates. He has more stress on his face, though, than you do. So <laughs> I, I will say that about Jay. So <laughs> yeah, it's by this by this week and uh, and your interview yesterday or the other day, that uh, seems that way. So tell me, Davis, and and knowing what you know about Jason Moss, knowing what you know about the game of football. The head coach comes out, and you know the demeanor of the head coach, and um, he's a fiery guy, he's passionate, he wants to win badly, and he has had the occasional ugly moment on the sidelines. And I think a lot of people kind of snapped to attention when he said, it's my fault with the penalty issue, I need to change how I act on the sidelines, and I am going to. So what's your reaction to that? I'm going to guess that you know Jason sees the replays and the conversation and, and, and doesn't like what he sees, uh, you know, from himself. So that's, that's one part of it, which is the smaller part of it. And I think the bigger picture is Jason's not changing anything with the team. He's simply uh, letting everybody know that this will no longer be tolerated. We talk about it, but now action will be taken. So I think if, uh, if guys are, and the guys who have continue, continuously been getting penalties, uh, now they're going to be sat down. Uh, they're going to be uh, you know, whatever whatever they find, and then the next day they're going to be traded or, or released. So that's uh, I think he's basically just giving guys their last warning. You have uh, played for a, a number of coaches, uh, not just head coaches, but uh, you know position coaches and, and defensive coordinators. But I guess when it comes to the head coach, you, I mean, it's different strokes for different folks. Um, a lot of people like the passion. A lot of people don't like the passion. Um, some coaches are passionate. Some coaches are not as passionate. It doesn't make them bad coaches. And I'm thinking of a guy like, you know, like a Mark Tressman or a Wally Buono who, you know, can show emotion but you know they don't show as much emotion as another coach and in this case we're talking about Jason Moss but tell me when um, I mean do players notice when the coach is animated or is it when they you know when someone would see maybe a Jason Moss throwing a, a you know a, a Gatorade jug would that kind of 
you know, maybe snap some people into attention. I guess everyone's different, right? But 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 when can it become a detriment, and when when is it, or, or can some of this be a bit overblown too? A lot of it can be overblown. It's it's. Uh, I mean, I think guys, just like the coach has, you know, his finger on the pulse of the team. I think you know the players, especially the guys that have been around, understand the coach. I think you know when you see. Uh, you know, and that guy see a guy who's passionate like Jason get upset and throw the water cooler or do, throw his headset or whatever. It's it's the same as Wally or Mark Stressman, you know, standing there with their arms crossed and shooting you a, a dagger with their eyes. It's not a it's not a big deal. Nobody cares. The media guys like me and you, we we make it we make it a story. It's not a big deal as long as. Uh, you know, as long as it doesn't cost the team and and and, and the coach, whoever it is, is still uh, fully engaged in making correct decisions and is able to make those decisions, um, you know, when it's crucial time and not, you know, that that uh, excitement or passion is not affecting that, then I don't think it makes a difference. Who cares? This has to show some growth, though. I mean. You know, Jason Moss, his first year was two years ago in 2016. And a lot of people thought maybe he was, you know, this is quite the fast track he was on to become a head coach. He was only one year an offensive coordinator in Ottawa um, with the Red Blacks. He comes in and does a really good job. And, uh, you know, I remember at five and seven that year at the 12 game mark, he has an impassioned speech about, you know, forget the first 12. It's all about the final six, the six game season. They go five and one and they're one game away from the Grey Cup and you know last year was a crazy year you know win seven in a row lose six win five and one game away from the from the Grey Cup but um, you know and we talk about the on-field decisions that he has made at times but how much is this do you see with Jason that this is just a growth period for him and that this is a young coach that's really trying to you know find his way and, and and get comfortable with with himself as a as a head coach in this league if I'm a guy in that room, the one thing that I like to see with this is you, you see that your coach is human. You see the humility in your coach. I mean, that that to me, if I'm a guy in that room, that's the thing that I like to see um, in all that because at the end of the day, David, that's really what it is. Jay's Jay's just a, just like everyone else. He's got his flaws and he's got you know, he does a lot of great things. And you know, for him to you know put himself you know, on the same level as some of the guys to say, you know what, I'm not acting the way I want to act, uh, and and I'm I'm willing to accept it and do something about it. And I'm just surprised. I would appreciate that if I'm if I'm in that locker room. David Sanchez joining us from CFL.ca and TSN here on uh, 6:30. Chad Inside Sports. Uh, that loss on on Thursday last week, man, oh man! Like it, it was almost like the invasion of the body statues at halftime. Like the the two teams switched bodies. The Eskimos looks looked really good in the first half, not so good in the second half. The third quarter wasn't good. Um, they ended up losing that football game, um, and now they're five and three. And I don't know how you see it. I kind of look at it, Davis, that I see this team, they're, they're kind of teetering. They can go either way right now. They can, they can rebound from this and head into Labor Day on a, on a nice roll still, but it could also fall apart. you got to think Saturday is a very winnable game for them, but, but, but how do you see it? Are, are they kind of at a crossroads uh, as far as you're concerned? Well, I think it's, it only can get better. I mean, the injuries, the injuries that have, have piled up once again for the Eskimos, this season, I mean, same as last year. It's 
it's insane. And it's, uh, you know, for people who aren't, and I don't think people are really recognizing just how good this defense has been, um, you know, because of all the injuries. I mm-hmm. mean, or in spite of all the injuries. I, I think from week three, I, I saw a stat that well, I didn't see us to actually pull it, pull it up and took a look at it. But from, uh, from week three to week seven, I think it was under uh, – 24 points uh, every game they gave up under 24 points now right. look there's five five guys five starters at, at a minimum five guys that you know come training camp were, were penciled in to be starters on this team and three of them canadians which makes it extra difficult to replace and they're still you know, benny and, and those guys are still managing to hold teams under 25 points i mean it's to me, this defense is, you know, has been uh, excellent. We know what the offense does, but the fact that the defense has been able to, um, without the continuity, been able to still um, stand pat until these guys get back, until they're fully um, locked and loaded, I think it's only going to get better for the team as a whole because of um, what should be an improved um, roster uh, don't come de- defensively come the end here. I'm glad you brought up the defense. and I know the offense gets a, a lot of the headlines because of, Mike Riley, because of the receiving core that they have, but the defense has Did to Did you be... know, Dave, that Mike Riley has a lot of hats? I don't know if you've seen this, but <laughs> Mike Riley has hats. He wears hats. Yes, I've, I've seen those chronicled on, on, on your website that you work for. <laughs> uh, don't put it on me. Don't, put it on, <laughs> no. don't pass it on me. I never... I... I don't talk about the hats. Your hat game's pretty good. Mike's is just a tad better, I'll just say. <laughs> so it's a little controversial. But uh, <laughs> some people don't like the hats. Some people do like the hats. I'm in the category. I like the hats. I, I love like the hats. I'm, I'm done talking about the hats. I, like <laughs> I see one more. Hey, everybody in media, I see one more story about Mike's damn hats. I'm, I'm forever not talking to you or watching whatever you do ever again. Unfollowing, blocking, muting. Yeah, exactly. Unfriending, exactly. whatever. Exactly. <laughs> but I'm glad you brought the defense because, to me, the defense has been the best phase this season and most consistent phase uh, of the Eskimos. It's been that defense. The, the two Ds have been the, the best story of the season, uh, the defense and Duke Williams. How about that? Yep. We'll agree with that. Yep. Yeah, because Duke has been a pleasant surprise. I, I really was a was – under the impression after after year one that uh, I was impressed with his big body. I was impressed with him out wide, uh, you know, making those contested catches over people. That's an element to an offense that you need. You have, you know, you have Brandon, you have Darrell who can go underneath and uh, run routes and, 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 you know, make plays and, and Hazleton as well. Uh, but then you need a guy who can stretch the field and make plays outside. And I thought that's what his role was. And uh, I was wrong because he's uh He's a total package. He can get in and out of his breaks. He runs routes. He's quicker than I thought for a big guy, and uh, he's been a pleasant surprise for me watching. And I'm sure for uh, you know the people who weren't weren't familiar with just um, how good he really is is uh, you know he's been he's been impressive. Good stuff, Davis. As always, it's great to chat with you. I, I hope we can bump into each other into you, uh, or we can bump into each other soon on the road. Uh, are you going to be in Hamilton next week? I will be in Hamilton next week, yeah. Then I'll probably bump into you then. We'll see you then. We'll uh, Let's just say hi instead of bumping into each other. That might, one of us might get knocked over. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. The athlete. My man, thanks, thanks, for, having, <laughs> okay. thanks for having me. Always good talking to you, Dave. Thanks, David. Talk to you soon, okay? okay. Not for now. Later. Right. You bet. David Sanchez from CFL.ca and TSN. So I was going to say, either the athlete or the guy that looks like me who's 
a bit bigger than Davis, but is not athletic. I still give it to Davis. So there you go. Uh, so there's some in, there's some thoughts there from a guy who's uh, played with the man, knows the man, and the man we're talking about is head coach Jason Moss. So um, I think this is a man that really wants to win, but his personality can definitely be hard to accept just because he is so passionate and the way he comes across to people when he's not happy can be a little bit um, let's just say intimidating can be a little bit um, um, what are some other words I'm looking for here um, just off-putting right so I mean trust me I've been on the other end of a Jason Moss intense rant and it's it's one part amazing and some parts it's like wow I can't believe he's this he's this passionate but he is he is and it's not like he's this way all the time. And, you know, the one texter call, or, uh, texted in and said, he's coaching through intimidation. I don't think he's coaching through intimidation. I think this is, a, this is a man that is trying to get the best out of his players. I don't see him berating players on the sideline. I don't see him berating players in practice. Does he challenge players? Yes, absolutely he does. He absolutely does. Um, but what he's saying is sometimes my actions – on the sidelines can have a very negative effect because I'm asking for discipline and I'm not getting any discipline from them. And perhaps it's because I'm not disciplined enough. So good insights from Davis Sanchez. So, and I'm happy he brought up the defense who uh, he's right since week three, they haven't given up uh, or week, week two. That is, they haven't given up any worse than 24 points. And if you look at the game against the lions, some of those points are not on the defense. There was a special team touchdown, and that's not on the defense. I mean, they're averaging about, what, 21, 22 points per game over the last, uh, what is it, six games with the lineup that has been patchwork at times. Mike Benavides and his coaching staff have done a very good job, especially up front, mixing up coverages, up front, mixing up looks more than anything, and now he's getting a veteran group back on the secondary much more of a different look and a much more reliable group. Now he gets Adam Konar back at Will Linebacker, and Christoph Malema-Chemenga is back. And they signed Doug Parrish, who's a former Eskimo. All of a sudden, they go from having no Canadian Will Linebackers, they gain three in one day. So that is very impressive. Uh, the Eskimos also signing uh, long snapper Tanner Dahl, um, who is from Edmonton, a pretty good player for the uh, University of Calgary Dinos has uh, uh, won a great cup with the Ottawa Red Blacks uh, as well and uh, kind of just has done the bit of the tour but uh, hasn't really found a home yet in the CFL. So he's back home in his hometown. Also, the Eskimos are releasing three players, most notably receiver Sam Jaguer, who played uh, a number of games for this team, mostly on special teams, had two receptions. And also uh, Calvin Palmer, Offensive lineman, American offensive lineman, and Jeremiah Coste, American linebacker, are gone. What does J.C. Sherritt think about his head coach coming up with, uh, you know, coming up with a revelation that he's got to change his ways too? We'll hear from him in a moment. This is J.C. Sherritt from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6:30 Chad. Good timing. That was just sheer luck. <laughs> sheer luck. <laughs> so what did J.C. Sherrod feel about his head coach coming out and saying it's on me too when it comes to the penalties? Uh, I mean, that's a true leader to me. Uh, 
I've always felt my whole life, and especially as I've got older, that the downfall of coaches or leaders is their egos, um, where it's there's only one way to do things right, and there's not changing or adapting. Uh, I think that speaks to him as, as a man to be able to say, absolutely, let's see what we can do better. How can we get better? How can we always improve? Those are great coaches and great people to be around. So that's him being a leader. It's on us, obviously, just as much, if not ten times more. Uh, but that's the role of the leader. And it's to watch somebody do that, it just makes you have that much more confidence in them. You know, once uh, I think Wally Bono said it. Once I let you guys loose on game day, I'm helpless. There's not much I can do. And you probably would agree with that. But the coach sets the tone. No? Yeah, I, I mean... It's <laughs> I can't. Jason's done so much. He's addressed. I've never seen penalties like this, uh, and it's got to be taken care of by players. But he he's done his part, and he's going to keep doing his part. And we got to keep getting better. There's no panic button. Uh, as we've seen in years past, it's the teams that get better throughout the year that win it, not uh, not the hardest starter or who wins the most games in a row. So as long as we keep improving, we're going to be all right. How much growth have you have you seen in Jason Moss as the leader, the coach? He's a relatively young coach in this league, but you, you got to spend a lot of time with him last year because you were kind of in that coaching staff when you were injured. Uh, that's how I know he'll be great, and that's why I've taken so much from him. Uh, it's just people who want to improve and be great. Uh, it's just that, that's the name of the game and the name of this business. If I've learned anything, uh, it's people who are hungry, who want to get better, who are trying to improve this game. Uh, you know, compared to I've seen just places in my life or people in my life that are content or they're stuck in the ways from 60s to 70s that mm-hmm. this is the only way to do things and that's just wrong so uh, he's just getting better and there's no doubt in my mind he'll, he'll end up on a wall here and he'll be remembered uh, as one of the great ones. So there's JC Sherritt uh, who has spent a lot of time with Jason Moss. Yeah I remember when he uh, ruptured his Achilles he spent a ton of time in the coach's room with Jason Moss so and you know, I get a feeling that there's a lot of people in the city that have a negative uh, opinion of Jason Moss, and I think there's many that have, and probably more that have a positive opinion of him. Um, but uh, the adaptability of this of this man, I think, has to be talked about a bit more. I mean, with the injuries happened last season, what did he do? He hired a strength and conditioning coach. You know, Kyle Thorne, who's uh, done a good job with this team. Yeah, they have injuries. It's not as much as last year. And now he's trying to take responsibility for the penalties. So there is some growth there. I mean, Jason Moss didn't have to come out and say, hey, I'm going to change what I do. I have to. I I need to. Because i got to do my part in trying to fix this penalty issue. And it's an issue. I mean, they are number one in most penalties taken and... Uh, penalty yards by a long shot. It's not even close. Who's second to them? So, you know, and on the text line at 630-630, I, I don't think Moss can teach anything, not one single thing to any of the Edmonton Eskimos. He's a zero coach. Just my opinion. I appreciate your opinion. I don't like the opinion. I don't agree with the opinion. Um, I think the opinion is incorrect, but that's your opinion. That's fine. Uh, Drew says, I don't doubt that Moss cares and wants to win, but he doesn't have the necessary control over his emotions to be a head coach. He is 27 and, or 26 and 17 as a head coach, so he's done some good things. But yeah, I mean, now, his, now this will be a test. He says, I have no problem controlling it. So we'll see. We'll see. I think he has to. 
he said it, he has to. It can only help. Oh, by the way, what type of penalty hurts the most, according to Jason Moss right now? You might be surprised, but this is what he said. Procedure penalties are about the worst thing that we do. So at the end of the day, we're worse than anybody out there, I think, in the league. And so if we can continue to get better at that and work on that, our guys are paying the price right now with it. You know, they're, if they jump off sides in practice, they're out. They're not going back in that drill. You know, are we working harder on it? Yes. Are guys more attentive to it? Yes. That is our biggest challenge right now. We're, we're a poor team before the ball is snapped. So there you go. <laughs> I'll read this to you as uh, we head to uh, the 6.30 Chad 24-hour news center and a news update with Cassandra Jodouin. As a Riders fan, this is on 6.30, 6.30. As a Riders fan, I would gladly trade Chris Jones for Jason Moss. <laughs> you would love his offense. I know that. <laughs> anyway, there you go. So a lot of talk about there. Uh, we'll uh, revisit the Eskimos a little bit later in the second hour of Inside Sports, which features Mark Latestu, former Edmonton Oilers center, signed a PTO, a pro tryout, with the Florida Panthers. I am stunned he never got signed by anybody. But he got signed today to a PTO, and you got to like his chances of making that team. One hour done. One hour left here on the Tuesday evening edition of 6.30 Chet Inside Sports. It is Campbell in for Wilkins. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.